The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hi everyone, it's Deb. Hey guys, it's Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to episode 11 of Garthology. Thanks once again for joining our journey. We're glad you're along for the ride. Because it's Christmas time, we're going to veer a little bit off track. Instead of discussing a Garth album, we're going to talk about a Garth and Trisha album. So listen as we talk about their Christmas album, Christmas Together. Christmas Together was released on November 11th, 2016, jointly on Garth's record label, Pearl Records, and Trisha's label, Gwendolyn Records. Garth and Trisha were finally able to record an album together because they were no longer on different labels. This is their first and so far only full-length collaborative album, and it is filled with unique songs and classic hits. As Trisha stated when this album was released, a Christmas album was the perfect way to dip our toes into the duet waters. However, this album is not all duets. There are Garth songs, there are Trisha songs, and even a song with James Taylor. There are only three duets. The album was released on the same day as Garth's Ultimate Collection, and two weeks later, a Walmart-exclusive bundle was released with Christmas Together and a new album that Garth released that day titled Gunslinger. Christmas Together debuted at number one on the Top Country Album Chart and number two on the Top Holiday Album Chart. It peaked at number seven on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. So let's get on to song number one on the album. We'll hand it off to Pete for that one. Yep, song number one off the album is I'm Beginning to See the Light. Back in Firefly, now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. Oh, I used to ramble through the... I'm Beginning to See the Light was written by Edward Kennedy Ellington, Don George, Harry James, and Johnny Hodges. This song to me has a very, very like jazz feel type sound to it. It's almost like a Broadway song the more I listen to it or like a Broadway show. I could see people in a very like low lit park and a man and a woman from different sides of the park coming through it and kind of shadow boxing like they say in the lyrics. And then as the song goes on and they talk about when they kiss, it creates a spark. To me, seems like at that point, you'd see a man and a woman, they kiss, and then all of a sudden behind them, the lights come on. And in the lyrics, they they talk about making love next to lantern shine and, and things like that. It just seems like it'd be for a Christmas or a holiday song, a very cold park with maybe a fire. And it's such a really, really cool scene as far as the uh, Christmas like idea of what the album is about. And so, I don't know, I am not one to sit down and listen to Christmas songs, but this one starting the album off really kind of got me into it. And it, we were driving around doing Christmas shopping, listening to this. And Stephanie's like, doesn't this get you into this the holiday shopping spirit? And I'm like, you know what it is? It's kind of cool. You know, you could picture people in a park and, you know, hot cocoa or coffee on a cold night, snowing, whatever it is. It set a really, really, really good visual place for, for the song. And so I thought it was a really neat song. I like the way that the two of them harmonize together, as always. It seemed like they had a lot of fun recording it. It's a very, very fun and upbeat song, and I enjoyed listening to it. What would you guys think about it? Well, I think Garth and Trisha on this song again prove what we've said multiple times. They have major chemistry together. It's flirty and it's fun. It reminds me kind of like Western Swing. And I I agree. I think it was the perfect way to start off their first collaborative album. Although I will say at just under 30 minutes, this album's pretty short. So I would have even loved more duets on this to make it longer and to make it really more of a duets album. Like I said in the opening, 
there's only three songs that are duets. And you know me, I will take Garth and Trisha however I can get them because more is always better. I 100% agree with that. I actually, I'm not a huge fan of like that big band type of sound in general, but I like this song because it's Garth and Trisha and because they can probably sell me any any genre. But I love the intro at the beginning. I like the Hey Trixie. Yeah, baby. Hey Trixie. Yeah, baby. That's just a fun little, you know, kind of a wink as they're starting out the album. And it's funny you said it set the scene and it was perfect for you guys when you were shopping because in my notes I put it's a perfect song to like wrap presents to or decorate your tree to (laughs) like it's good background music for that kind of holiday stuff so but yeah I liked it it's funny because after that I kept calling Stephanie Trixie and she's like why do you keep doing that (laughs) and I was like it's perfect well that'll do it for song number one we're gonna pass it over to Jess for song number two song number two is ugly Christmas sweater There's really nothing better than a beautiful girl in an ugly Christmas sweater. Ugly Christmas sweater was written by Garth Brooks and John Martin. And John Martin actually grew up here in Oklahoma in Stillwater, and his dad worked in the athletic department at OSU. So he had met Garth growing up because Garth used to hang out at their house. And then Years later at an alumni event, the coach introduced them again and kind of was saying how he liked the music that John Martin was writing. And so Garth said to give John his number and they kind of developed a friendship based off of that. Later, after they had become friends, he suggested to John Martin that he moved to Nashville and the rest is history. He became a songwriter there, a pretty successful one. He actually wrote 12 original songs for a movie called The Last Movie Star, which was one of the last movies that Burt Reynolds did. And he also, as of 2017, was the director of music for a documentary based here in Oklahoma in a town called Perry. And it's about the lessons you learn from participating in sports. It at the time was supposed to be titled The Price of Legacy. And I think that Garth would be into that because he's a big sports guy and his kids played sports and because they met each other through that. And funnily enough, this song was actually written on the basketball court. After Garth and Trisha moved back to Nashville, Garth and John Martin started hanging out and working out together and playing basketball. And one morning they were shooting hoops and talking about Christmas songs that they liked and they started writing this song. And I had to laugh because John says that he'd never tell Garth this, but he's actually a pretty good basketball player, but Trisha's better than both of them. (laughs) And that kind of made me chuckle. (laughs) But the song itself is basically like a holiday meet cute song. It's about a guy getting ready to leave an office Christmas party and in walks a girl from accounting wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. And so he kind of stands next to her to arrange an accidental meeting and asks her to dance. And eventually they end up under the mistletoe and they end up getting together. So it's just a happy little holiday song. And it's very apropos, I think, given the popularity of the ugly Christmas sweater in recent years, because, you know, those used to just be a holiday sweater and then somewhere they became a thing. And so now it's such a part of holiday party traditions that I think the song needed to be written. So it was timely. How about you guys? Did this one make you want to grab your ugly Christmas sweaters? <laughs> well, I think this song is hilarious. I think that Garth is so romantic and so sweet in it. And I'm actually surprised it isn't more of a classic song now, because like you said, like ugly Christmas sweaters are a thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that it doesn't get played more, that it. I think it should just take off because there's nothing like it. It fits this season perfectly. I love that it's tongue in cheek. And it's funny and it pretends to take itself seriously. But you can tell that when Garth is singing this, like he's singing it with a straight face, but on the inside, he's completely laughing. Yeah. And so I just love it. I think it's great. Yeah, that's uh, kind of funny. That's kind of what I got from it as well. A lot of humor in this song, but it tries to make itself serious. And if you think about uh, Ugly Christmas Sweater, if you look at a lot of the different themes that they have on these, There's a little bit of seriousness, but a whole lot of funniness on an ugly Christmas sweater. That's what it's about. And as far as taking off, I mean, you have these people, I've heard customers of mine that they're getting ready for these ugly Christmas parties. Like they're going to have Zoom parties this year because of what's going on. People have trophies and they win prizes for the ugliest sweater. And I'm thinking to myself, 
you know, you're out shopping now and you could, you see them, of course, you see people wearing them. I wouldn't find myself. I mean, I get like, I wouldn't know. It's not one you would normally wear, but for a party or a get together that is about a ugly Christmas sweater, there is a lot of fun in it. And like you said, it, it did sound like he was having a great time singing it. Uh, you know, you could kind of hear it through the songs and the lyrics, but yeah, a lot of a real fun song. Yeah, agreed. All right, we're going to send it over to Deb for song number three. Yes, back to me for song number three, and it is Santa Baby. Santa Baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awfully good girl, Santa Baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa Baby was written by Joan Javits, Philip Springer, and Tony Springer. It's probably one of the most well-known Christmas songs ever. The original was done by Eartha Kidd in 1953, but it's been covered by Madonna, Kylie Minogue, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Gwen Stefani, and Eva Michael Blueblay. So Trisha's recording of Santa Baby doesn't include Garth, so it's not one of their duets. So Trisha's cover of this landed on the adult contemporary chart when this album was released, and it peaked at number 18 which was the third time Trisha entered the AC chart. And at number 18, it was her second highest ranking there ever. Her song Broken peaked at 17 in 2016. She performed her rendition of Santa Baby and also Hard Candy Christmas from this album on the CMA's Country Christmas, which is their Yuletide television special, on December 21st, 2017. And I found some video of that performance, so I will link to it on our website, so be sure and check it out. And I find Trisha's version of this song great. Like, she's cheeky and flirty and playful, and I think it shows her sexy side, which for Trisha, we don't get to see that very often. And as a result, I really like it. I like that she really, it seems, came outside of the box for her to do that. And I think she had fun with it. And I think that it really lets her personality shine through. So what did you guys think? I agree. Yeah, I really liked it. thought that, like you said, it really shows a different side of Trish uh, as far as the different kinds of songs that uh, she does. It's kind of a holiday song with a little bit of a risque type uh, tempo or, or lyric to it, I guess you could say. I don't know what it is. And it's not just when Trisha sings it, but it's any time that I hear it. <laughs> that movie, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and the, the lady in it that always wears the red dress. I don't care who's singing it. When the song comes on, that damn person comes into my head and it sings it to me. And I cannot stop it. I can't get rid of it. But it's, <laughs> I don't know That's why. Hilarious. As many times as I listened to it this last week, I just can't get that out, that image out of my head when that song comes on. But. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun song. What'd you think, Jess? Uh, literally everything that I had written down to say, you guys have covered. But I I agree, it's just a classic song. It's one that pretty much everybody knows, and you've heard some version of. But I really like Trisha's version of it. It was fun to see her kind of have that flirty, sexy side that you know I'm sure is there, but is not something that she does publicly often. So it was just it was fun. It was a fun song and a good choice for the album. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so that does it for Santa Baby. Let's check in with Pete for song number four. Song number four off the album is Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad was written by Jose Feliciano. So there's not a lot to review about this song. There is legitimately a total of 18 different words in this entire song. <laughs> 18, di 18 different words in the song is repeated between Spanish and English. So with that being said, it was cool to hear Garth speak Spanish, I guess. Although there's not many times that you hear it, but uh, I thought he did well on the song. But about the song, during this time of the year, you know that it's getting close to the holidays when you start to hear it on like this is a staple in this time of the year that you hear and you know that it's getting close to Christmas. You know, you mentioned last time, probably one of the more 
popular Christmas songs. This one's got to be up there, you know, as far as Jingle Bells and all that stuff, because they do it in, in school programs. And, you know, my Spanish isn't really good, but I imagine I could probably <laughs> sing this song pretty darn good. And that's about the extent of it. But I, there wasn't really much uh, as far as the lyrics and the, the differences in the song that I found. But what'd you guys find? What'd you guys think? Well, I was actually surprised when this album came out and I found that Garth had redone Feliz Navidad. I mean, a country Feliz Navidad. And yet he he kind of pulls it off. Like, it's a country jam in this rendition, which I would have never expected. This song was an unusual choice to include on the album, especially because there's so many classic Christmas songs that Garth could have chosen. But I like that he had fun with it. I like that the band really turned it into a good time. So I say, you know, more power to them for that. But but it is an unusual choice. You know, we also talk about a lot of the times on the albums where he kind of has that fun song or the humorous song and the fun song. Maybe this was the reason for it being on the album. Maybe. Yeah, I liked it. I have fun listening to it. I mean, obviously, I knew the original song, too. I enjoyed getting to sing along with my limited Spanish. And I understand the chorus. I had to use Google Translate for the verses, which I've never done, but it's actually a more meaningful song than I anticipated. Like if you look at the actual words to it, which I never knew before Google Translate, but I like that this version, there's like heavy guitar sounds at some point and it's a classic song, but this has a different sound musically than the original for sure. Like you were saying, it's definitely different. And there's um, some intro- some whole instruments in there that you definitely didn't hear in the original <laughs> song that are on here now. But it made it for a fun sound, and I loved it. I thought it was a, a really good time, and it certainly would keep you upbeat while you were, again, wrapping your presents or decorating your tree or whatever at Christmas time. So serves its purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that'll do it for song number four. We'll pass it over to Jess for song number five. Song number five is What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? I'd ask you just the same What are you doing New Year's New Year's Eve This song was written by Frank Lesser in 1947. He is a Pulitzer Prize, Tony, Grammy, and Academy Award-winning composer and songwriter. And he wrote the music and lyrics for Broadway hits like Guys and Dolls and How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And he wrote many standards throughout his career and passed away in 1969 at the relatively young age of 59. This song particularly, though, is about a person meeting someone falling madly in love with them, and then probably way too soon asking them what they're doing on New Year's Eve. So hence the line, maybe it's much too early in the game, but I thought I'd ask you just the same, what are you doing New Year's Eve? And according to Lesser's daughter, he actually didn't like that it was marketed as a holiday song because to him, that's not what it was about. It was about asking someone way in the future what they were doing New Year's Eve, but the song doesn't really pinpoint. I mean, they could have met at Christmas. So he had a story in mind when he wrote the song, but you know, those of us listeners and myself included, you know, you have your own opinion when you listen to a song. And so it did end up being a holiday song. It first appeared on the charts in 1949 when it was recorded by the Orioles, but a lot of artists like Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler, Harry Connick Jr., Ella Fitzgerald have released popular versions as well. And I think Trisha's voice particularly lends itself really well to this style of music because she can really smoothly kind of slide in and out of those upper and lower registers. And I also really love the instrumental break in the latter half of the song because I'm a sucker for a good trumpet or saxophone riff. And I mean, anytime, but especially in holiday music, I'm that nerdy person that could listen to John Coltrane or Miles Davis or Kenny G for hours. (laughs) What did you guys think of it? Well, I think this song just easily proves that Trisha is one of the best singers in the business. Like the more I listen to her throughout the making of this podcast, the more I'm convinced that she is truly one of the most underrated artists in any genre, like country, whatever. That makes my heart happy. I feel like you're just converted. She's amazing. (laughs) 
And I think that she proves that over and over on this very album. Like it's a Christmas album, but she just soars on it. And I actually found a quote from an interview that Garth and Trisha gave when this album was released. Trisha said, what are you doing New Year's Eve was supposed to be a duet. And that Garth was standing right next to her in the studio. But as Garth said, when Miss Yearwood sang the first verse, I just walked out. (laughs) The producer was just staring at him as he walked right past the board. And Garth followed up to him with, I can't contribute to that. Just let her have the whole thing. Oh, I love that. Right? And he also mentioned that this is his favorite song on the whole record. And he's right. Her vocals are perfect. She sounds like one of those big band singers from days gone by. And she would have surpassed all of them. Like, she's truly underrated. Yeah. For sure. It's funny because talking about the song and, like, what you got from it, uh, what I thought about it, the thing that I kept taking from it is exactly that. How good did Trisha sound from start to finish? And just like you were saying, the way that she comes in and out of lower and higher whatever they call them in music, it was pretty impressive. And as far as like the instrumental that you talked to about in the back part of it, there was one on this and some other research I was doing on some other songs. Like I find myself now more in doing the podcast than the research, listening to the instrumentals in song, but it is pretty darn cool how they factor different instrumental pieces like that into songs. And it just kind of keeps the song going a little bit longer but it fits so perfectly. Mm -hmm. But there is, I don't know that there's anything that could have done that song any better than, than Trisha's voice. It is unbelievably good. So good. And that uh, interview about Garth, you're right. I mean, listen, we all love Garth, but could Garth have really made that song any better than it already was? I don't think so. (laughs) He might've made the right call there by walking away. I feel like nobody wants to follow that. (laughs) Come on. That's ridiculous. All right, guys. So I think that's it for this song. So we are going to send it over to Deb for song number six. Yes, I have song number six on Christmas Together, and it is Marshmallow World. It's a marshmallow world in the winter when the snow comes to cover the ground. It's the time to play. It's a whipped cream day. I wait for it the whole year. Marshmallow World, also sometimes called A Marshmallow World or It's a Marshmallow World, with music by Peter DeRose and lyrics by Carl Sigmund, is the perfect song for this album. This duet of Garth and Trisha's is light and fluffy fun, just like the lyrics, and it's a real delight for me on this album because, and well, this applies to most of the album as a whole, it stands out as a very different Christmas song than we normally hear. At this time of year, that's pretty rare. We often hear the same 10 to 15 songs played through the month of December, just done by different artists. But this very cute song, Garth and Trisha have filled this album with untraditional holiday fun. They do have like three or four pretty recognizable Christmas songs on here, but it's mostly lesser known or new songs. And this song was originally recorded by Bing Crosby, but it's not a standard Christmas song. Like, it's not one that you hear over and over in December. And I think maybe because it never actually talks about the holidays or Christmas in the lyrics, that might be why you don't hear it as often. But I still think it's a great fit for this album. Their interpretation is fun and energetic, and it just works. I'm thrilled with this song. I love it. What did you guys think? I adore any duet that Garth and Trisha do. I mean, let's be honest, we already talked about that. But I I really did enjoy this one. The opening music initially when I listened to it for the purposes of the podcast, for some reason it popped in my head up on the housetop, up on the housetop. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> that's what I heard with the first few notes and I was like, no that song's not on here, but then I was like, well, it kind of sounds similar though. And it's a similar feel. It just makes me think of being a kid and like having a snow day and, you know, you you wait for snow, you pray for it all year and then you pray it won't melt too fast. Or I, 
I don't know. I say that you guys grew up in California, yeah, so I don't, I don't know that you were really praying for snow. <laughs> I was praying for snow and then it wouldn't melt. We see snow here. We're in trouble. <laughs> right. um, and the song mentions the sun beaming down so your nose won't freeze. And I remember that, like playing so hard in the snow, sledding and running around that you're hot. Like, and I wanted to take my jacket and my hat off. And, you know, moms are always running after their kids, making them put their stuff back on. And so it really made me think of that time and the days when like you got out of school and your parents got to stay home from work and everybody just went out and played in the snow. And so I didn't know this song before, but I really like it because it, it was a very nostalgic feel for me and brought back those memories. So I think I'll probably play this one at the holidays now. And I had listened to the CD before, but for whatever reason, it kind of I skipped over it. And now I think it will definitely be in my holiday playlist, though. Yeah, it, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that as far as the, the story that it tells, you know, son. I was up in Big Bear with family this week, and last week I started listening to this album a little bit, and I got the the song came on, and it was fun, but I had a hard time like getting myself into it too much, but it must have stuck with me because we went out on Saturday, we were sledding, playing at a snow park, and it was like one of the first things that had come up. I actually put it on my Amazon Music, and I was listening to it. Stuff he's all, "What are you doing? I'm gonna listen to the lyrics. It's exactly what the girls are doing." But it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it kind of tells just a really cool story about. Um, about like a winter wonderland and and kids playing and and having fun. So that's what I got from it. Okay, well, that wraps that up. So now it's Pete's turn to discuss song number seven. Yep, song number seven off the album is Merry Christmas Means I Love You. It was written by Garth Brooks and Jenny Yates, who we've talked about before. And on the first verse of this song, from that point on through the rest of the song, I really, really enjoyed it. However, in the first verse, it says that it's that time of year again that we spend with family and with friends. Good tidings we send of love without end. Amen. Then the song has a small little short cut in between it. And it comes back, and this part of the song really caught my attention. I really listened to this part of it over and over again. It says, but if love is the gift that you are giving, whether you call it, it is cool. No matter what your nation or God, so happy holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Yule, season's best, Feliz Navidad. To me, it just sums up the way that no matter what, belief or religion or how you choose to celebrate the holidays it's just an easy way to say that i love you and and enjoy the holidays with family and with friends so i think that the song has a really cool beat to it uh, it's very catchy it was catchy for me it got into it i like the way that the words rhyme through the different choruses that they have and i definitely like the meaning behind the words in the song and the meaning of the song itself so I enjoyed listening to that one, and I, like I said, just kept replaying and replaying and replaying those verses to where I almost had it memorized at that point, and I was like, okay, I got to listen to the rest of the song. So I went on to listen to it, and I enjoyed it, but those were definitely the, the beginning of the song. Really catches it with the lyrics, and it sucked me into it, and I enjoyed listening to the rest of it. How about you guys? I love the music in this song, and the melody especially. It's really catchy. And it's very real and in keeping with Garth's, I think, general outlook and message of just tolerance and inclusiveness. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's saying, when I say Merry Christmas, I'm not belittling your holiday traditions. I'm just spreading love during the holiday season the way that means something to me or that means the most to me. So in the same vein, if you wish me Happy Hanukkah or Season's Greetings or Feliz Navidad, I will receive that with love and an open heart. You know, like it's just like celebrate the way you celebrate and everyone is just spreading love in the way that they do. And I like that. I like the message about the song. And there's even a line in there that says, whatever you say to honor the day is okay. And like, that's the whole point that sums it up very well, I think. But I, I like this one a lot. What do you what do you think of it? Yeah, exactly. Those were exactly the notes that I had. It's probably 
the most serious song that's included on this album, but it's also probably my favorite Garth solo on the album. It's very inspirational. It really gets you to thinking about what really is the meaning of Merry Christmas. And so I like that Garth is willing to take that chance. We've talked about that before where he's kind of a maverick. You know, he's willing to say or sing or write songs and lyrics that other people may not be willing to take that chance. And he doesn't hold himself back from that. And so I like that he's willing to put these lyrics into a song and put it out on a Christmas album. So yeah, I really enjoy it. It's probably my favorite Garth solo on this album. Yeah, really neat song. With that, we're going to pass it over to Jess for song number eight. Song number eight is Hard Candy Christmas. Hard Candy Christmas was written by Carol Hall, who's an accomplished songwriter who wrote songs recorded by the likes of Bill Evans and Barbara Streisand. She passed away in 2018 at the age of 82, but prior to that, she'd worked many years composing and writing songs for Sesame Street and is best known for composing music and lyrics for the Broadway stage musical Best Little Whorehouse in Texas in 1978, which is where this song came from. I love, love, love this song. I grew up knowing the Dolly Parton version from the radio. And then maybe in like middle school or high school, I saw the movie Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which had come out in 1982, but some years later I saw it. And it's brilliant and one I've seen a million times up at this point in my life. So the musical is about obviously a whorehouse, which is not maybe what you'd expect to be the impetus for a great Christmas song. But at the point in the story where the song comes into play, the brothel's being shut down and all the girls are having to figure out what they're going to do. So in the story, each line's actually being sung by a different person. So there's a slightly different feel if you're listening to it with one person performing it, because then it's from the perspective of one person listing all the different options of what they might do with their life. Similar to What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? This isn't really a holiday song at all. It's saying, I'm going through a hard time. I'm struggling. It's going to be just like a hard candy Christmas, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure it out and I'll survive this. And the phrase hard candy Christmas refers to a time in history when a lot of families were really struggling financially and could only afford penny candy for their kids at Christmas time. So the hard candy metaphor means that life can be hard and still be sweet at the same time, which I really like. And I think in that way, it is a holiday song. It does, you know, embody that time of year in that way. Other people who've done covers of this song are June Carter, Leanne Rimes, Reba, Cindy Lauper and Alison Krauss did it as a duet, which I'd kind of be interested to hear. I didn't look it up, but that was interesting to me. And I actually worried that I might not like Trisha's version of this song because I love the original so much, but it actually ended up being the song that I listened to the most on this album. And Trisha acknowledges no one could do it like Dolly, so she didn't try. She just did a tribute to a song, song that she loved and kind of just made it her own. And she nails it and she sings the you know what out of it and like she does everything. So I need to know, did you guys know this one? Did you know the Dolly version? Are you familiar with Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? And why is it your favorite musical? <laughs> yeah, so my love for this song goes all the way back to the original also. And prior to Trisha's version of it, if anyone had asked me, should someone besides Dolly Parton record this song? My answer would have been emphatically no. Right? The original is sublime. But man, Trisha's version comes pretty dang close to perfection. I agree. Like her vocals are strong and yet heartbreaking. I tear up each time this song comes on. I love the movie. I will always love the movie. I love Dolly. I will always love Dolly's version of it. But to me, this song right here is alone makes the the purchase of this album worth the price i agree yeah yeah i uh i don't know the movie i didn't listen to dolly's but obviously i heard it from trisha but 
again, we talk about how good Trisha was. Jess touched on it a little bit in her review as far as that there's a time when families are struggling and, you know, it's always not what you get. It's how good you can make what you have out of it. And to me, when I listened to the song and caught a little bit of that, it just kind of reminded me of the times that a lot of people are going through right now as well. You know, not a lot of people are going to have a whole heck of a lot this year, but it's not necessarily what you have. It's what you can do with what you do have and how you can make that mean so much. So that's kind of what I took from it. You know, I didn't see the movie. I will go back and listen to Dolly Parton's version because you guys seem to really think that it was pretty darn good. This was not a song that I knew, so I only know it is Trisha. So we let's just hope that Dolly could be as good as Trisha, okay? I'll make that decision when I listen to it. <laughs> it's going to be close, but it's definitely <laughs> worth the listen. <laughs> okay, uh, song number nine. We're going to take it back over to Deb again. Song number nine is Baby It's Cold Outside. Baby It's Cold Outside was written by Frank Lesser, and it's one of, again, one of the very few traditional or standard Christmas songs that we hear every December. I'm certain that Garth and Trisha's version of this song is a pleasure to all of their fans, me included. It's one of the highlights of the album, especially if a fan is looking for a more traditional Christmas song and yearning for Garth and Trisha together. In that case, they nail this song. It's playful. It shows their fun sides. And we know they always play off each other so well. Plus, they give this version of it a little bit of a country flair, which I appreciate. So for me, this is the perfect duet on this album. Uh, What did you guys think of it? I really love this one. It's one of those songs that I've known. I couldn't tell you where I learned it along the way, but I've known it for a long time. I've heard different versions of it. And I always enjoy it. But of course, listening to them sing it was especially fun. It was interesting to me that, you know, you noted Frank Lester wrote this song also. And he actually wrote it for parties. Like he and his wife used to perform it at parties. And when he actually finally sold the song to MGM, she was very angry with him for sharing that with the world when it was their song. But uh, I thought that was a funny story about it. I think of all the other versions that have been out there, and you can probably appreciate this. Kelly Clarkson's is probably my favorite. She's actually done it twice because she she performed this with Ronnie Dunn on her album, and then she performed it again more recently with John Legend for his album. So there's there's some good, you know, people I feel like have some good musical taste have picked up this song and done it. So I'm glad that Garth and Trisha did as well. And for you, Deb, did you know that Barry Manilow did a version of this song? I did, yes. Okay. Who was the woman in it? I, uh, KT Oslin. I was like, I can't think of it, but yes. I, and I yeah, love everything KT he does too. So <laughs> I'm going to need to listen to that version because I've never heard it. But, but yeah, I really love this song. I think they did an awesome job on it. And I was really excited to see it on the album because, again, it was a song I already knew, but I loved it. And so I was really excited to hear them sing it. They did a fun, playful job with it. I can tell you what else is fun about this song. When you're out Christmas shopping with your daughter and it's cold. And then, you know, the lyrics, baby, it's cold outside. Every time that she says, dad, I'm cold, like you're waiting in line to get into a store. Baby, it's cold. She was not very happy with me doing that. But a lot of fun on the song. And obviously, like you guys said, one that uh, is a more traditional one that you hear a bunch of, you know, different covers of it. But I I thought it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Okay, I think that wraps it up for baby. It's cold outside. Let's turn it over to Pete for song number 10. Yep, song number 10 off the album is The Man with the Bag. The Man with the Bag was written by Dudley Brooks. Hal Stanley, and Irving Taylor. This song, Trisha just jumps right out of the gates on it. And I love her harmony and the pace to the lyrics of the song. I love how the song tells the story that we all know so much about when we wish a holiday wish list 
And in a different way, the way that the song says it, you know, a kid would make a list for Santa, um, you know, hope that they get their Christmas list. And the way that she turns the lyrics on it a little bit to kind of mean the same thing. It does say in there that he will be here with the answer to the prayers that you made through the year. You'll get yours if you've done everything you should. Extra special good. He'll make this December the one you'll remember. The rest and the merriest you ever did have. Everybody is waiting for the man with the bag. I think that the lyrics are a lot of fun in it. To me, it's like a an adult version, I guess, of a child's wish list, like I was saying. And I didn't ever hear the song before. This one is probably one that I listen to the absolute most while doing the research on it. And matter of fact, I think I made a comment to you guys about just how catchy it was to me and how much I actually did enjoy it. And, you know, I would be the first to admit, I was going to struggle with this Christmas album as far as doing the research because just, I don't know, I always found myself really not wanting to get into it. But this song helped a lot. And then, and then other than the, like the traditional Jingle Bell one when you're in the store, the other night I'm shopping. And I hear the song, and it's not Trisha's song, but I heard it, and I knew it right away. I knew the lyrics. Stephanie says, what are you doing singing the song? And I said, Steph, I know this song. I was so excited <laughs> that I knew a different than normal holiday song, and it was from doing the research on it. I think, of course, again, you know, Trisha killed it. But like I said, the way that she comes out with the lyrics, the pace of the lyrics and the song, it seems to me like she really did have a lot of fun while recording this one. I kind of just, you know, figured her bopping around in there and, and singing it. It's, it's a very catchy tune. So I really enjoyed it. How about you guys? This is another song that I am aware that it's a classic, but I wasn't very familiar with it. I'd heard it over the years, but I didn't really know it. And again, I'm not a big band fan personally, but something about it being a Christmas song makes that work for me, even though that sound is not what I would normally gravitate to. But I, I liked it. I enjoyed the music and the lyrics to it. And I find that actually when I'm done listening to the Christmas music, this tune gets stuck in my head. So I turn it off and this will be the one that I find myself kind of humming, which is funny because it's not what I would. If you ask me which song do you think is going to stick with you off the album, it would not be this one. But it is. It's what I hum after I turned it off. Yeah, this is another really good, great, big band feel. And Trisha just embodies it. Like the arrangement is perfect and she just shines in this environment. So I'm starting to think maybe she was just born in the wrong era. Like maybe she was supposed to be this big band singer because. Well, she has that album, the Let's Be Frank. Yeah, with all the so. Frank Sinatra songs. See, now I knew that existed, yeah. but I've not listened to it. And after researching this album and really turning a corner as far as Trisha's concerned, I'm going to just gobble up everything she's ever done. And I think I'm going to start with the Frank Sinatra one because I grew up on Frank Sinatra because my dad loves him. It's my dad's favorite singer. Oh, you'll love it then. I definitely think Let's Be Frank is going to be the first one as soon as we're done tonight. <laughs> so I think she's sassy in this classic song, and I think she just really pulls it off. It's a really, really strong song for her, and I like it a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I really, really enjoyed that song. I uh, imagine it'll be one that we play between now and Christmas quite a bit, because um, I did. I really enjoyed the song. But with that being said, we'll head over to song 11 and Jess. Song number 11 is What I'm Thankful For, the Thanksgiving song. I'm thankful for the Lord above, the gift of his unending love, the promise kept. There is something more. These are the things I'm thankful for. For our children, hear this prayer. What I'm thankful for, the Thanksgiving song, was written by Garth and Tricia which I love because for years she said she wasn't a songwriter and she doesn't write her own music. But then over the years, I think maybe Garth worked on her just a little bit because songs started to trickle out here and there. But for ages, if you looked her up on ASCAP, the only song you could find credited to her was a song from the early 90s called If I'm Ever Over You, which she co-wrote with Mark Sanders, who you guys might remember also wrote Victim of the Game, which Garth and Trisha both recorded. Anyway, so she co-wrote but never recorded If I'm Ever Over You, 
but it was released by Michelle Wright on her album now and then in 1992, and it's a great song. So I'm happy to see her flexing her lyricist muscles, and I'm guessing Garth's probably her biggest champion when it comes to that and is probably a little bit of the reason behind that. Also, this is the final song on the album, so you know what that means. This one's likely a special song. And it's a duet with James Taylor, so I mean, you can't get much more special than that, especially when it comes to Garth. And it's just a song about gratitude to the people who came before you, to the people who've guided you in your life. It says to thank God for his unending love and the gift of something beyond this life. And keeping in mind that Garth and Trisha were writing it, listening to the lyrics, it's a prayer for their children to be surrounded by love and for their children's children to be surrounded by love. And a reminder to just pause somewhere amongst the hustle and bustle of the holidays and give thanks for all that you have. And this is probably actually my favorite song on the album, even though I listen to Hard Candy Christmas the most. If I really think about what the song means and what song I think deserves a real thorough listen and really epitomizes the meaning of Christmas, it's probably this one. I mean, it, doesn't this song just make you want to go hug your babies? It does. Yes. It really, really does. Yeah, it yeah, really does. It does make you think and want to be very, very thankful for the people, like you said, around you, what you might have in your life. And as I was listening to it, I thought to myself, you know, on a Christmas album like this, is he going to go with the same, if it's the last song on the album, you know, his love is baby of the, the album or whatever you might want to call it. And then when you listen to the song and you listen to the lyric and the meaning behind it, I could see with the way that Garth is and about how he always finishes it with people love one another. I could see why this song was the last song on the album. And I think that has to do with the meaning that was written behind the song and, and just to be thankful for everything that you got. And, you know, obviously pray for your babies and your family, people around you. It, it is a very, very good, very emotional song. Yeah. And I mean, a Trisha written song and James Taylor sings on it. Like, who could ask for more? Right. And then you make it a song about being thankful for life's blessings. Yeah. Well, that's just yeah. perfect. Like, it just ties it all up with this pretty little bow, and it's the perfect song. And you know that Garth must have just been ecstatic yeah. at getting to record with James Taylor. I could just see him at some point during that recording, just catching himself in the recording studio going, oh, look. Look where I am. Look what we've done. Look what's happening right now. Yeah. That just had to be the most special moment. The love of his life. Right. Right. With James Taylor, right? I mean, Garth Brooks and yeah. James Taylor. And uh, they're all there singing a song about being thankful and, and, and loving one another. Uh, it's like the three perfect things for Garth, you know? I could imagine. Right. That's that's a good day Absolutely. if you're Garth Brooks. Yeah. yeah, that's a real good day. That's got to rank right up there towards the top. I'm willing to bet a meet and greet with Garth. He probably cried during that recording. So I'm going to bet that he cried during it, you know, at least one point. And if I win that bet, I get a meet and greet. So if Garth, if you're listening, reach out, reach out. You know, I won. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that that's it for this song. Okay. That wraps up episode 11 of Garthology and our discussion of Christmas together. So just a reminder, be sure and visit our website at Garthology.com, leave a comment, submit a show idea on our special show idea tab. Don't forget to go down to the bottom and hit subscribe on our newsletter. And if you get a chance, please subscribe, download, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget to share us with your friends in low places. Yeah, speaking of friends in low places, you could also find us on our social media accounts. Our Facebook media account is going to be facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're the ones that like to use Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at GarthologyCast on both of those platforms. Anytime that you visit us there, we appreciate the likes, the shares, and the comments, any of the retweets. And interaction is a lot of fun for us. I mean, that's a big part of why we're doing it. So if we can continue that, we really look forward to getting those notifications on our phone. So keep it up. Now for a special announcement. Anyone who shares a post of ours on Instagram, shares a post of ours on Facebook, retweets one of our tweets, or leaves us a review on Apple, will be entered for a drawing. That drawing will take place on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 
and we will announce the winner of a special prize in our first podcast of the new year. So be sure and visit one of our social media accounts and share us with your friends and get entered for this very special drawing. Also, this month marks Garth and Trisha's 15th wedding anniversary. So as we close out the episode and head into the holidays, we wanted to say happy anniversary to them. Lots of love and well wishes from your fans here at Garthology. Happy anniversary, guys. Happy anniversary, guys. Well, that wraps up our first official season of Garthology. We'll pick up with season two starting January 7th, and going forward, we'll be releasing new episodes on the 7th, 17th, and 27th of each month, so our dedicated listeners will know exactly when they should expect new content. On season two, episode one, we'll be starting the year off right by discussing Blue-Eyed Soul, one of four cover albums released as part of the Blame It All on My Roots box set. So as your new year begins to unfold, turn the lights down low, kick your feet up, and join us as we peel back the layers on these powerful soul classics. Until then, this has been episode 11 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next year. Bye. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Three, two, one. Welcome to episode 10 of Garthology. Thanks once again nope. for joining our... No, nope. Why not? 11. 11. Episode no. 11. No. You told me 11. You told us 11, 11 and 12. 11, 12, and then the new one 12. is 13. Son of a... You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so the one Look I'm editing right now... Yeah. this time. <laughs> Uh, the one I'm editing right now is 10. Damn, Jess came in oh, like, no, you that. told me. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> did. Uh-huh. All right. Three, two, one. Now. <laughs> I can't do it. Are we supposed to do the Deb, Jess, and Pete thing? <laughs> You're right. I yeah, totally right? jumped I, ahead. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe she's just going to pop that one in now. Uh, this was supposed to be Jess's turn. Feliz Navidad was written by Jose Fela. <laughs> You're going to have to write it out phonetically. Hold on a second. I don't Jose, know Jose Feliciano. 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 Feliciano.